Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Matthew chapter 19. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea to the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man may give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, And there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 
And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. The Pharisees had come to test Jesus, trying to entrap him into saying something that was contrary to the law of Moses. So in verse 3, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And so at that time, the standards for divorce were fairly liberal, and a man could pretty much divorce his wife for virtually any reason he chose to and just write a certificate of divorce, and the religious leaders would back him up. But Jesus had something different to say. He said, Haven't you read that in the beginning the Creator made them male and female? And of course, he's talking about in the beginning, he's talking about the Genesis narrative with the creation of Adam and Eve. And then he goes on to quote directly from Genesis chapter 2. He said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh or one body. So that's a direct quote from the first marriage in the Bible. And Jesus followed that by saying, Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, I want to unpack this a little bit because the Lord Jesus is telling us several keys here concerning marriage. First, he says that it's intended by the Lord that the husband and wife would become one flesh or one body. And so this is a mystery, but we came from one body. You remember that Adam originally was one created being, and out of Adam's body came Eve. And yet the two could once again be joined into one flesh in marital union and in sexual intimacy. So this idea of being one body, one flesh, was conveyed from Genesis chapter 2, and Jesus reaffirms that here in Matthew 19 that a husband and wife can be joined once again into one body. And they're no longer two, but one flesh, one individual unit collectively together. And then he makes this statement, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And the implication is that God does the supernatural knitting together of the man and the woman in marital union. And the God component also seems to indicate that God is the one who ultimately joins us together in marriage, although it can be a civil servant or a civil ceremony, it's God who joins a husband and wife. There's a mystical joining together. We learn later in the New Testament that it's symbolic of Christ and the church, this idea of the two being one body, the um, the people of God being joined to the Lord in one body is conveyed further in um, Paul's writings in Ephesians chapter 5. Paul quotes from this same section of Genesis 2, the marriage of Adam and Eve, and says this has always been about Christ and the church. It's not about just a man and his wife. And so the mystical implications of marriage, it's a supernatural thing created by God to teach us about our walk with the Lord. Yes, you have to have a marriage of a husband and wife, a male and a female, to procreate and produce offspring. But it's about much more than that. I believe that marriage is the greatest discipleship training tool that the Lord has given mankind because the Lord desires to have a relationship with each of us that he describes as like a marriage, being like a marriage. Hence, we use the term bride of Christ and so forth. And so Jesus goes on to say there's only one biblical justification for divorce. Jesus in verse 8 says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. 
but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. And so in so saying, Jesus says there is uh, one cause that divorce is permitted, and that's for sexual immorality. It doesn't mean you have to divorce if your partner in marriage cheats on you with someone else, if your spouse cheats on you with someone else, but it is cause for divorce or grounds for divorce. And in my experience as a pastor, some people are not able to get over it. Other people are able to forgive it and um, go on to have a wonderful marriage. And so if your, your marriage has been tainted by sexual immorality, it's not necessarily the death knell of the marriage. Uh, the Lord can give grace and forgiveness to work through it and um, go on to have a wonderful marriage. But if you're unwilling or unable to continue in the marriage, this is grounds biblically for divorce among Christians. And so just a note, Paul talks more about marriage later, and we'll get into that in the New Testament later. But Jesus said, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. Friends, we live in a fallen world with frail human beings, and God has allowed divorce to accommodate our broken humanity. But it was not this way in the beginning. And so if you're listening to this broadcast and you have gone through a divorce for whatever reason, I don't want you to feel condemned. You're not being condemned by God. Your sins, if there are any, are under the blood of Christ, and uh, they're forgiven. It's not the unforgivable sin. But in the beginning, heaven's plan was that you and I would be joined to one spouse in marriage for life, and this would be symbolic of our relationship with the Lord. Now, this chapter goes on. Jesus blesses little children, prays for little children, by laying his hands on them in verse 13 and verse 15. This is a paradigm that Jesus used often, the uh, praying with the laying on of hands, but also the blessing with the laying on of hands. In verse 27, Peter asked Jesus, basically, what's in this for us, Jesus? He says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? In other words, why are we doing this? What do we get out of this? And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now that's to the twelve apostles he's talking. But to the rest of us, he says in verse 29, And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. And so, friends, what's in it for us? A hundred times as much as we give up to follow the Lord and eternal life. That's more than enough. You see, friends, we're not in this relationship with the Lord just to get out of hell. We're in this relationship with the Lord to serve here on earth until it comes time for us to go be with Jesus. And so there are rewards for following Jesus, but the greatest reward is to be with Jesus. And so I want to pray this morning that we would be faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also want to pray for any of you who have gone through divorces or that are having a tough time in your marriage. Lord, I pray that there would be great grace for those who are struggling in their marriages today. I pray, Lord, that there would be great favor and grace for those who have actually gone through a divorce. Lord, may their spirits return to them. May their sins be forgiven. May you have mercy on them as, as frail human beings. Lord, you allowed this divorce 
to accommodate their broken humanity. Lord, heal their broken hearts. And Lord, I pray that there would be eternal rewards for following Jesus for everyone who listens to this broadcast. But Lord, more importantly than that, may we receive you as our Lord and Savior and friend here and now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.